Welcome to the Shanty Sound Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Byrne, and to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of Shanty Sound, I've started my very own podcast exploring one of my favourite topics, the healing power of music and sound. I'm a lifelong musician and I've also been working extensively with sound therapy and sound healing for many years now. And I'm guessing that perhaps like me, you're here because you're also interested in all things to do with healing music and sound. Over the last 10 years, both through travelling and the internet, I've met some pretty awesome people and I'm excited to get to know them even better through these interviews. I'm really interested in people and what draws them to begin sharing music and sound in a healing or therapeutic way and in learning more about the healing and uplifting effects of immersing in sound and music. So if you do enjoy this podcast, I would love you to hit the subscribe button on whichever app you're listening on. And do feel free to leave a review or a comment. And you can also check out the show notes from this and every episode at shantysound.com.au forward slash podcast. My guest on today's episode is Nessie Gomez. Nessie is a British Portuguese musician. She is an amazing singer, songwriter and music artist and an international voice work facilitator, helping people open up their expression through the power of their voice. Nessie shares deeply with us about the challenges she faced as a young person and how sound and using her voice in particular helped her to navigate difficult times. We hear about her experience living in the Pachamama spiritual community in Costa Rica and how that influenced her life and her music. We hear about recording her album on a boat on a canal in London and all about her incredible vocal workshops vocal odyssey meeting with the spirit of your voice enjoy this podcast and i'm very excited now to welcome nessie gomez nessie thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having me michelle it's lovely to see you again oh it's lovely to see you and i was lucky enough to meet you here in australia 2018 I hope we get the chance to have you back here sometime. <laughs> oh my God, I really, I really fell in love with Australia. I mean, obviously I didn't see the whole country, but what I did um, get to see really was so beautiful. People are really great and I had a really beautiful tour when I was there. So, Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, I'm just excited to find out more about you and uh, would you start off by telling us a bit about your background, um, like where you grew up and where you are now and anything in between that you feel like you'd yeah. like to share? So I grew up on a very small island called Guernsey, the Channel Islands, which is a group of islands in between England and France. I'm actually living there now as well. It's it's always been my home. My family are Portuguese, so they were kind of, they moved here over 50 years ago. 
So I grew up here, I was born here. And I guess from a young age, with my kind of Portuguese roots, I always found it quite a challenge to integrate in my early years. And I think in the 80s, there was a lot more racism. I guess in those days, people didn't travel as much as they do now. Yeah, that was a bit of a challenge for me. You know, even though I was born on this island, it was yeah quite difficult as a, a young girl and trying to discover her identity. And saying that as well, you know, my family, who I'm very close to, but Portuguese upbringing can be quite different to an English upbringing. Not to generalize, but, you know, in our family, we we didn't really, there wasn't much space to kind of talk about our, you know, what we're going through and, you know, our, our feelings. So often things kind of got swept under the carpet, as well as other other elements. But um, I, yeah, I guess my earlier years were not the most happiest. I I really struggled with depression. I was on antidepressants at the age of 13. You know, I was suicidal. So I was really going through quite um, a big um, journey with that. And it was at that time, at the age of 14, 15, where I kind of started to explore voice and music. I, I never had any formal training in music. But I always found myself being drawn to kind of like, you know, to an instrument. So my auntie had a piano at her house and I used to spend a lot of time there when I was younger. So I'd have these moments just kind of improvising on the piano, not really knowing what I was playing and intuitively sounding along to that. Um, and what I found from a, from a young age was how you know, sounding and singing, it really contributed to my healing process. Like I said, I was on antidepressants and I, I always felt that that was really odd, right? Just kind of being given pills at the age of 13 and there was not much kind of space to really see the root of what was going on. I had talking therapy as well, um, you know, after I had a pretty intense incident where I ended up in hospital at 15 for a week from taking an overdose and um, so I started a whole you know um, sequence of therapy sessions um, and that I found that you know of course it was really important to speak and share what was going on but there was also this tendency to feel that when I was talking or repeating my story it just kept me very stuck there was it was quite hard to to move through that just by going over that narrative. And so I never felt fully, you know, I always felt, yeah, kind of blocked in that space. But whenever I was connecting to sound or singing, you know, and I wasn't conscious of what was happening at that time. You know, all I knew was that it made me feel really good. It really soothed a lot of pain it really helped me channel all this toxic um energy that I was feeling inside and and giving it a voice through you know random sounds um whether it was just kind of gibberish sounds or actually singing songs or writing lyrics and um 
I was writing poetry at that age as well. So I was kind of transferring that into songs. Um, and I guess that was my starting point with singing. So it was never coming from a place, you know, the initial starting point wasn't like, oh, I want to be a singer and, you know, I'm going to, you know, do it as a career. It was really um, using it as a tool for healing. Um And then I guess that started my love affair as well with, you know, music and, you know, I was doing a lot of concerts, you know, little gigs in the island. And, um, but it was round about after I did quite a a couple of years of traveling, I came across um, a great course, Creative Expressive Therapies in music. So music therapy. And I was so excited because everything I was reading um, around that subject, I was like, oh, my God, this is me. That that was my experience, um, you know, and feeling like it was such a big revelation to know that music wasn't just as a form of entertainment, but it, that it could be a bridge for healing and connection. Um, so I really, you know, at the age of 23, 24, I decided to do a degree in that for three years. Um, and this just kind of opened up my world to that whole path. And I remember at the end of that course, we had a woman come in and she gave a, a, a vocal, a vocal workshop and it blew my mind because for me, it was always about the voice. Yes, I played guitar and stuff, but for me, the power that I really felt connected to was, at least in my own journey, was that power of my voice and and what it gave me. And I remember, you know, coming to the end of my degree, I was like, I really want to find something that is just specifically on voice therapy. Because I was kind of looking into music therapy, but it wasn't really ticking my box. And there was, yeah, it was just... I knew once I had that workshop with this woman, it just, it was like, this is what I want to do. I really want to explore that. But at that time, I couldn't really find anything. And so I kind of forgot about it. I just moved on. I I came back home after university. Um, I was working for a, a charity called the Cheshire Home. So I was working with adults with physical disabilities and using all the skills that I had received from my degree and used them in in that environment, working with people and using music or, you know, doing little kind of workshops with them, uh, which was great. It, it gave me a lot of tools and helped me really grow into that area. And then I went traveling to South America um, at the age of 29. I said to myself, right, I'll do one more big trip before I kind of settled down and I ended up going to South America and I think that was really when things changed for me. Um, I ended up going to Costa Rica for what was supposed to be five weeks, Um, ended up being three years. I met my husband there and Pachamama was the community I ended up living in which is like an alternative community. It was the first time I kind of um, met the plant medicine. And I think that really had a huge impact on on my music and, and my singing, 
as well. Um, and and with the nature of this place, that really kind of shaped me into, I guess, where I was kind of moving forward. Um, and then, yeah, I came, you know, that three years completed and I felt like it was time to move on. Um, my husband had been there for already 12 years and the initiation came from him. So that was, you know, I wasn't expecting that. I thought I'd have to be like, right, when are we going to leave? But he was the one that kind of said, I think it's time for us to go. And we left, came back home, back to the UK. We were in between the UK and Israel because he's originally from Israel. Mm. And we didn't really know where we were or where we were going to kind of settle. Um, and the music piece was kind of at the forefront of our, I guess, of our journey. Um, so we started this whole path of, you know, recording an album and um, and that's when I also kind of came across the vote, you know, the um, voice therapy training um, with the British Academy of Sound Therapy. And when I started that course, um, that, yeah, that just blew my mind. It was like, yes, this is exactly what I'm looking for. But, you know, the music and, and the voice training kind of really complemented each other in a way. I've never really considered myself to be an entertainer, you know, within the music. I think whenever I've written songs, they've always come from quite a deep place. Mm. Uh, not to say that, you know, music that is pop music can't be deep. It can, but my crowd or the people that were following my music, you know, I guess were coming from the medicine circles. Um so in a way, you know, I was kind of doing, you know, voice therapy through music as well, through the concerts, through the lyrics. Um, and yeah, and they just, they're beautifully intertwined and I don't really separate them. I feel like they complement one another. Um, and then I started, uh, I guess, you know, in 2014, I started um creating my vocal odyssey workshops and retreats and that's just been a really amazing journey and um, I feel so honoured to be able to kind of work with people and you know share my own experience um, of that and create a container for people to explore that for themselves because sometimes I think you know we might have this miscon you know, misunderstanding of, oh, you know, I'm not creative, so I can't sing, right? Mm. And for me, you know, this work is not about improving our voice or trying to be a singer. It's it's using the voice as a bridge to kind of almost get to know yourself, get to know your shadow self, get to know the parts of you that are, you know, needing attention or or also celebrating those parts of yourself through the voice, you know, at least in this context, it's not really about the voice. It's about the relationship you have with yourself. And the voice for me is such a mirror in that. Um, it really reflects back to us, you know, what we're going through in that moment. You know, you might be sounding and then some resistance comes up 
you know, it could be a thought like, oh, you know, I'm not good at this or you start to contract and maybe, you know, with the right support and care um, and facilitation, you can kind of see how that links into other areas of your life where you're carrying that pattern. Um, and so through the voice, through the voice work, we're just kind of softening those edges, you know. So it's not about trying to impress or perform. It's really just using it, you know, for a tool for nourishment, for a tool for connection, um, you know, to yourself, to your environment, um, to feel relaxed, right? Mm. It can be really simple as well. It doesn't have to be that you've got to be really broken to experience the benefits of, of just connecting to your voice. And it can really empower people, mm. you know, especially for those that might feel that they've been silenced in their life, that they don't feel like they've got a place to express themselves or they feel like they're too much, right? And then they have this container where they can really push those boundaries and um, get to meet those corners of who they are. Um, and it's not, an, you know, it's not always easy for people. It can really bring things up. But we look at that as well. We don't dismiss that. We don't kind of push that away and just chase the bliss, right? It's also embracing, you know, those harder moments um, and finding tools and ways to work through that, you know. And so it's, you know, the work isn't obviously just voice. It's predominantly voice, but we use movement. We use um, kind of mindfulness techniques as well. Um, so it's a combination, but the main point or the main focus is through voice. Uh, I feel like movement is such an integral part of the voice. It's not separate. It's almost like the silent partner of the voice. So I really like to encourage people to move their body as well when they're voicing so they're not stuck. Um, but it's been a beautiful journey and I'm still learning so much. It's like there's so much out, you know, information out there and it's becoming quite a popular um, healing modality. Um, you know, 15 years ago, I, I could hardly find anything on this. And now we're so lucky to, you know, be in a time where people are offering this work in different ways. So, yeah, I feel deeply honoured to be on that journey. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. And I have to say, you know, we were lucky enough to experience your Vocal Odyssey workshop with you and Lino in 2018 here in Adelaide. Yeah. It honestly was was a really powerful workshop, uh, what you both offer together. And, you. you know, you've done that all around the world, right? You've, you've been to many, yeah. many places and built a really amazing community. And I I think you're doing some online uh, versions yeah. of it now. Yeah, How's we that are. going? Well, it's great. I mean, look, when all this pandemic kicked off and everything shut down, we were like in the middle of our tour last year. Um, we were in Costa Rica and we were meant to go to New York for a five-day retreat and it all got cancelled. All our work got cancelled and we postponed most of our work to you know the kind of autumn not even thinking for one minute 
it would last that long, right? Um, So in October, we went back on tour. We went to Germany. We had about five weeks of work on the road of workshops and um, concerts. And unfortunately, after a week, Germany called in a second lockdown. So we were in a position again where all our work was gone and that time round, because the first time was just a novelty, it was like, ooh, ooh, you know, we're locked down. <laughs> yeah, it was like quite, uh, yeah, it's like everybody was seemed like to be buzzing about it, right? It's like, oh, now I can clean my cupboards and, you know, I can do all these things that I've been putting off for ages. And people really, you know, appreciated that pause, that global pause. Yeah. Uh, but when it came round again in October... I was devastated. I I came back home and I think I had a few weeks where I was really depressed. I was, you know, and so much of my life is around my work. And um, I guess I kind of was going through that whole, you know, death cycle and a lot of grief. I just remember crying so much. And, um, you know, I'd already been doing one-to-one sessions online since July um, which were going great, but I had resistance to doing the online work, the the workshop. I was I was like, how's it going to work? How you how does that transcend? You know, how do you get your message across? How do you know people are really going through that journey? Because obviously, one of the amazing things when you're in a room of people is that feeling mm. those voices together, and you you can really hear the shift, right? You know, when you're in a group and maybe in the beginning, there's a bit of resistance in the room. And and then, you know, you get to that point where you feel so close and the voices are just so full and open. And it doesn't matter how you're singing or sounding. You're just fully in there and you feel that vibration. It takes you. Mm. And so, you know, I was really kind of apprehensive. Also, Lino, who was super apprehensive and resistant to the whole concept of moving online but after what happened in October we were like you know we we've got to somehow make this work right Mm -hmm. so we hosted our first online workshop in December and it was amazing I was so um, you know I was so surprised that even though people are behind screens and we're all in different parts of the world you know there was so much depth there um, naturally, okay, you you don't get to hear all those voices all at once, but you know we had to adjust our format a little bit um, to make the work still um, be communicated. But it was amazing. And then in so we did another one. I did my I did one in January, and that time it was the first time I opened it to um, women only. And we had almost like 400 women there. And it was just incredible. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, you know, I love being on the road and I love working with people in the physical realm. But what was really fascinating was that I got to work with people from India, you know, from Iran. Like there were people from all over the world that maybe I wouldn't have um met in person so easily and so in a way this became a bridge and it was a gift um 
Mm. And it was, you know, the, that that collective energy was so powerful. Um, yeah, it just really touched me. So we've got another one happening this weekend. Um, it's for all genders, so it's mixed. Um, and that's the way we're rolling at the moment, you know, um, yeah. until until we have more clarity but um it's been a real learning journey it's obviously come with challenges and you know naturally technical stuff that was also thing that kind of put me off I was like how am I going to do you know like I'm such a reverb junkie (laughs) and you know so you know it was like I need to sort out my my equipment and I need to get my head around that so I can really enjoy the process as well um and be able to deliver really great content um and I also just dived into my own journey for myself so learning with other teachers and and I was surprised I was like well it still works okay you don't really hear people fully but we're in such a space globally where we really need that connection and I feel like at least for me this is far better than nothing you know and I think people I think people have a lot of um you know compassion to the situation you know no one's really going oh that was you know sometimes technical things happen or whatever right but people are really patient and compassionate and just to feel one another, just to see all these people show up and be in this collective circle together. It's really quite something, I have to say. So, yeah, I've I've kind of, um, yeah, installed my faith with online, the online work, which is really great. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Oh, I'll have to get along to one of your... Yeah, you let me know you're invited. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> and so easy, much easier than getting on a plane. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, something else I'd love to talk about with you is your beautiful music. So when you came here, um, well, I have your, your hard copy CD of Diamonds and Demons. Beautiful, beautiful album. And I was reading about that. Did you really record it on a boat? Yes. Tell me yeah, more. I did. <laughs> so um, I worked with the producer, Duncan Bridgman, who is the creator of One Giant Leap. Yeah. He had these um, famous movies. They were quite, you know, um, at that. I think it was in the 90s. So it was the first time this format had been created Um you know, where he's kind of jumping to one place to another, different countries and bringing all these musicians to, um, you know, play on top of one another, right, on the recordings and stuff. And um, so I met Duncan at a party um, some years ago before I started recording the album. And um, he was living on a boat, a little canal boat in London, and we started working together and basically yeah we I spent four months I was living in London for four months um and every day I'd go down to the canal jump onto the boat play the guitar record it um 
record different parts. He would then travel to Switzerland and record, you know, one of my lovely friend musicians, Reiner or Danit, as they kind of did some backing vocals on one of the songs. Um, so, yeah, it was quite a journey. It was it was really sweet having that experience, like being on the canal and looking out, um, you know, out the window onto the water. And it also had its like challenges sometimes because it's not soundproof, right? Mm. So if it was raining, it would be so loud. If you if you were needed to record, you know, vocals, forget it. Like, you know, or we'd have to wait until other boats would pass. So it had its moments where it's you know it could be challenging but it was such a great environment to record the album and um yeah it was great working with Duncan as well Mm. and uh yeah can't believe that was 2016 2015 (laughs) 14 2014 I started recording that album on the boat Yeah. yeah gosh um I'm just thinking about that. That title track is really probably my favourite on the album. There's a lot of beautiful songs on there. And I was thinking about what you shared in the beginning, you know, um, is that kind of where where that you've drawn from with that song? It's like a really personal experience and and it's like, you know, what you've been speaking about, you're giving a place for it all through through the voice, through the music, through the sound. Yeah, it's um, that song was inspired from um, a plant medicine ceremony. I was having quite a strong night and um, these words just came to me really clearly, you know, in, you know, in the ceremony itself, it was like I was going through like a washing machine of emotions. And I just remember like there was a part of me that was just trying to just cling on to feeling good. And um, I think I've always had that tendency to please people or, you know, in the past, just, you know, always present the best of myself, never showing my shadow. Like, I guess there was so much fear about being rejected um, from the outside. So, I, you know, I was really carrying this way of being for many years in, in my lo- earlier life. Um, and these words just came really clearly to me. It's just like, you know, give space to it all. You know, it's also your beauty. It's also, you know, it's not just about the light. It's not just about presenting the best of who you are. It's presenting yourself, you know, as, as sincere and real, um, and really kind of loving those parts, you know, loving our shadows, loving the wounded parts of ourselves, you know, not kind of making them wrong. Um, and so that inspiration, you know, came really crystal clear from that ceremony. And I remember in the morning, I was just kind of, I looked like I'd been through a hurricane. I don't know, like, you know, I was like, uh, and I was chatting to a friend and I was like, wow, that was such a strong night for me. And she's like, yeah, it's like diamonds and demons, isn't it? And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went home 
that that day and I started writing these lyrics and it's not you know quite a wordy song it, it's very it's almost like mantra like it's quite repetitive it's not like big long verses and um and it just felt really soothing to sing that right it was just like my little prayer to myself my little reminder to myself you know those those moments of clarity you know sometimes it's the best ways to put it into a song because we can easily fall into forgetfulness right mm. um so when i sing those songs it's like oh yeah just remind that for myself and yeah you know and i think i guess on some level i've always had an attraction to um the shadowy self i don't know if you know naturally like i said um you know, my earlier years, um, teenage years, I was really struggling. And I think, I don't know, maybe because of that whole experience of, you know, trying to take my life and going through quite a traumatic experience, not only for myself, but bringing that into the family. I don't know, it's almost like I've been to the other side a little bit. And, Mm. you know, there's, I don't know how to put it into words, but just, um, yeah, I guess it it doesn't feel so unfamiliar. Um, And I've never, you know, even though there has been, you know, tendencies within me, you know, growing into a young woman where I did kind of please or, you know, was just always presenting the best of myself was which was always really exhausting um and it would normally show up mostly in relationships with guys um not necessarily friends i found like it was easier to kind of be quite whole with friends um but you know the other side of that as well is yeah i feel maybe also living in Pachamama and that gave me a lot of understanding and, you know, it was like being in human university, right. For three years mm. and studying Osho and, you know, getting an, a lot of wisdom from, you know, his words and teachings and really understanding the beauty of kind of embracing all those elements of who we are, not just, um the ultra positive which I've always had a bit of a I don't know it kind of it doesn't sit well in my stomach I think sometimes it can make you especially if you are going through a really challenging time in your life it can make you feel even more isolated you know mm-hmm. this this ultra positive you know you are what you think that kind of stuff I never found that helpful you know, and it's not to say that we should just get stuck in the depression. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, you know, it's important to to mother those parts of ourselves that are, you know, need attention, to to love those parts of ourselves, not to push them away or, you know, chase, you know, the light, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, you know, that album especially, I you know that title of the album being diamonds and demons i felt like that really summed up the songs because it was very much that content it was all about 
the dark and the light, not just the light. It's, mm. you know, the diamonds and the demons, which we all have, right? We mm. all have our demons. We all have those voices that kind of pull us down. Um, and I know that when I sing or wrote those songs, it just made me feel more relaxed about who I was. It made me love who I was more rather than chasing my tail or, you know, feeling exhausted by, like I said, always feeling like I need to present the best of who I am all the time, Mm. you know, not giving myself a break. Mm. So, you know, I think that's always been the biggest compliment when people have, you know, shared with me how much it's helped them through really difficult moments. Um, You know, that really touches me. And I'm so honoured that those songs could be, you know, friends to them and help them to feel okay with not being okay or, you know, going through those challenging times because, you know, none of us have fully got it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's we have mm. our moments of a glory, but we also have our moments where we're completely broken mm. and and it's okay, you know. So, mm. yeah, Diamonds and Demons. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, I love singing this song, even though it's a good few years old, it's still, I still feel quite connected to it, you know. And like I said, it, I, you know, for me, it feels like a prayer, you know, a mm. reminder you know, especially if I'm really in a mindy place and the moment I start singing that, it kind of softens those edges and I'm like, oh, yeah, I wrote that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my own advice. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I think it's it's very much a song and a sentiment that, yeah, basically everyone can relate to, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Wow. And so uh since yeah, since Diamonds and Demons, I know um you've released a couple of things in the last year or so. Yeah. Tell us about that. So I released um two songs, I think, in uh, yeah, late last year, one Hebrew song and one Portuguese song. Neither of them are my my compositions. Um I was really grateful to the composers for allowing me to do my own versions of them. And it's funny, actually, because the Hebrew song that I recorded, I actually came across it in Australia, in Byron Bay. And um, I was invited to one of these singing circles where I came to share and teach or related. And, you know, the the space holder, Rebecca Ray, her name is. Oh, yeah, I know Rebecca. Yeah, she's beautiful. And she was teaching this song to the group. And I had heard of it because I I think I came across it in Pachamama. But I don't know, I really fell in love with it. And um, when I came back home, I discovered I was pregnant. So my daughter was conceived in Australia. And this song was just a really, um, it was a prayer for my process at that time because I was really I always wanted to be a mother, but I never knew that it was going to happen, you know, just like that. Mm. um, And it was quite a shock as well. Mm. Uh, Also because I had so much going on in my life with work and being on the road and, 
So there was a lot of fear of how that would work, you know, mm. with a, having a baby. And I was really kind of grieving that possibility of it all, you know, disappearing. And who am I if I'm not on the road doing my music and my workshops? So, you know, so I was really fighting that. And the lyrics of this song are so beautiful. Um, I wish I had them close by, actually. Oh, I might do. Um and yeah, it just felt like a really, um, yeah, it was like a prayer for myself. So I recorded that in August last year. And um, the lyrics, um, these are the lyrics. It says, here I am, completely yours. Do as you will with me. I've come empty. I surrender. My heart is at your mercy. Even if everything is taken away from me, within me, I will hear your voice. From the pain, it will resurrect me and fill me with inspiration. So that was really, those words were really powerful for me at that time. And every time I sang it, I was just crying. It was, you know, and I didn't have any intention to record it at that time. I was just playing it for myself. And um, and then I just thought, you know what, I'm going to record it. And you know, naturally, you know, I'd been in a place, um, you know, since becoming a mum, I haven't always had, you know, the space and the the container to go into my own writing. Um, I feel like it might be a bit of time before that kind of comes back to life. So I felt like recording these songs was just a way to keep the fire burning, um, you know, for my for my own creativity, for my own sanity, um, yeah, you know. So I'm looking forward to the time where I can really go back to that place of creating, and um, yeah, I just sometimes it's not you know it's not always easy to have that space when you've got a little one running around, which is not mm. an excuse, but I feel like so much energy is is there at the moment that. You know, I'm not really tuned in um, with that other part of myself at that moment. But I'm not afraid of it. I feel like it's a natural, um, it's just a natural flow. You know, mm. it's like that life, death, rebirth um, sequence. So that's, yeah, that's, I'm being patient there with it. Yeah, I'm sure it will all manifest at the perfect time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so I was just really interested too because I've done some study myself through the British Academy of Sound Therapy, but uh, I didn't do the same course as you. So, um, yeah, like could you tell us about your your experience of studying and also uh, just I'd love to comment that it sounds to me like the course is your courses and workshops that you offer are quite a blend of you know your natural um, ability and what you've intuited that's worked for you and maybe yeah. maybe a blend with the su sort of real support of those um those practices that come through the sound th sound therapy academy yeah yeah absolutely you know I'm collecting things all the time so you know I have different teachers different people that inspire me um you know I love Bobby McFerrin work um, I was actually meant to go to um, 
their event in Omega in, in America last year, but again, because of the whole pandemic, mm. they all got cancelled. So, you know, that's learning to sing in circle, um, you know, improvisation, creating, you know, songs in the moment, um, mm-hmm. which is, I've not, you know, Lino's done a lot of training on that. He, he got to work with Bobby McFerrin a couple of years ago, and he's done training as well in um, Italy. You know, so he brings that quality to the work. Um, and I bring the kind of therapy element of the work. Um, it's a real combination, you know. Um, and, yeah, definitely, you know, things that I've picked up intuitively from myself. But I guess learning from the British Academy of Sound Therapy, it just gave me that more of the understanding, the science, why it's powerful, why it works, um, you know, how it can make us feel really, you know, connected and lift our spirits and, um, you know, and with the voice being the most intimate part of ourself, most intimate instrument um, that we have, um, you know, and I think I was listening to uh, an audio book with, um, do- is it Dr. Uh, Clarissa Pinkola's Estes? Mm. And she has this, she said in one of her audio books, um, you know, when you speak, it's the, the human voice. And when you sing, it's the spirit's voice. And I loved that because that's mm. something that I really resonated with. I really felt that for myself that, you know, words have the, you know, they have a beautiful way of expressing a certain quality, but they can be quite limiting. Yeah. And when you go into sound, you know, when, when you can drop into vocal sound or, you know, vocal expression, it's like you get to explore a world beneath words, a world of color, a world of texture, you know, for me, it was more freeing up, you know, and I think I've always also felt a little bit more conscious speaking, you know, self-conscious and sounding is just so natural for me, like just going into the moment and feeling what it is that I feel in the body and, and giving it a voice. And sometimes it can sound really melodic and, you know, beautiful. And sometimes it's just like primal and, you know, guttural and visceral and you know giving those sounds space to be you know expressed and we did a lot of work of that you know in the British Academy and you know they gave us really kind of basic tools and I feel like over the years since working with them I'm kind of incorporating other you know elements into the work and um, I'd love to do more research about it you know, I'd love to really go deeper into the research and the science of of that um, so that I can really get more understanding. Um, there's just, it is, you know, it's just a, yeah, there's so much information out there and it's really exciting. Mm. Um, but I know from just working with it, you know, working with clients and, and seeing these amazing shifts, you know, mm-hmm. seeing people go through such transformation that, you know, sometimes it's not even about their voice, but mm-hmm. through their voice, 
they've gained more understanding about themselves, they've gained more insights, you know, around, um, you know, something that they're dealing with, you know, within their life, they feel more relaxed, they feel like they have more self-love, they're more accepting of themselves. And it's simple, you know, you know, sometimes we just hum for five minutes, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, we need to do anything super complicated to achieve that, that quality. You know, it's just like feeling the vibration in the body and, you know, softening the ego state. You know, for me, I guess singing or sounding or voicing was always, you know, a meditation for me it was a way for me to drop out of the mind and you know maybe it sometimes it felt like escapism but I get to dance and play in this world you know and I think that's why when I was so young and I was suffering a lot from you know mental health and depression and it was just giving me another world to play in and and kind of meet those qualities of myself that I hadn't fully acknowledged, you know, because my mind would give me one narrative that, you know, which we all have, you know, the mind can be a great tool, but it can also work against us sometimes. And, you know, so those thoughts are like, oh, who are you? Or you're not good enough, or you're not lovable, or you're not, you're, you know, you're never going to be anything or you know, and those voices we might have picked up along the way through society. Um, but, you know, when I would sing, it would just melt those voices away. It would just help me, you know. And when I started, I, you know, it's not that I had much skill or technical ability. I, I couldn't, you know, it's funny listening back to old recordings, you know, but I didn't care that I didn't sound very good. I was just so in it. I was, it was just like, melting away and 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 just being this cocoon of of textures and and yeah it was just you know even talking about it it makes me really reconnect to that and you know I've also never been quite good at just meditating in silence you know that was one of the things that um living in Pachamama it was a requirement as a resident that you would not need to come daily to silent sitting from you know seven till seven forty-five, and I just used to sit there all fidgety and like oh god I was really a terrible meditator you know <laughs> um but I just found that singing put me there so quickly and I think you know when you're singing or you know voicing and I mm. say that the reason I, I because I don't want it just to be about singing. It can just be about creating sound with your voice. It engages every part of your being. It embodies everything. So it engages your breath. It really helps you to slow your breathing, you know. So, it you know, it engages your physical body. Um, so it can really kind of slow down the heartbeat. It can reduce stress hormones you know um all those chemicals that you know contribute to stress it can you know soften the ego state it can open your heart um 
So in that way, it's very holistic. And um, for me, it's just like a very direct way to get to something bigger than myself and connect to spirit as well, you know. So, yeah. Mm, I love that. It's uh, something once uh, we were at a workshop with David Pramal and she mentioned it, sound being like a password. In fact, I think that was when they were recording an album called Password. And and what you've just said then, I think, really speaks to that as well. It's that it's the shortcut yeah. password to that still and silent and connected yeah. place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Is there a practice that you do? Do you have a personal practice that you do each day or, or regularly that that um you know, keeps you physically and mentally feeling good? Or do you mix it up a bit or Yeah, tell us Well you know, like I mentioned before, you you know, sometimes, you know, even just humming, right? Humming for and the great thing about humming is you can do it anywhere, right? Um and feeling the vibration in the body. Um so this is something I remember also living in London, you know, at that time it was just like hectic and you're just in this really busy environment and you can kind of get swept up away, you know, swept away with all that energy. And I just felt like I'd get home and even though I was in my home, I felt like I could hear like a, a pitch going like high pitch. I felt like my energy was super buzzy. And so I started to incorporate humming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I know it's like, what humming? That's as exciting as it gets, humming. Uh, but it's really applicable, right? Once you start humming, um, you know, like, so when I'm working with clients, you know, and I'm kind of introducing this as a, a practice, you know, I will always say, okay, what do you need right now? Do you need to feel relaxed and grounded? Or do you need to feel like you need some energizing Um, So if you need to feel relaxed, then choose a low tone, right? Something that's comfortable within your range. And if you feel like you're needing a bit of energy in your system, um, just clearing that space and choose a high tone. And just start with that, maybe placing, you know, a hand on your chest, on your belly, so that you're really consciously choosing to kind of be there in that moment, you know, feeling your body. And then you can just start, just start humming it into your body and just feeling that vibration. Notice the vibration against your hand, you know, feeling it against your, you know, your body, feeling your heartbeat and just keep that going for some minutes, at least five minutes so that you can really drop into it because maybe you know, the mind is still really active, right, for those first few minutes. Um, So giving it time and then, you know, bringing your awareness to maybe the chakra centers. So as you're humming, you just stay on the same pitch for a while. And then you can start to bring your awareness to the crown, to the top of your head. And maybe you want to go slightly higher so you can change the pitch and start humming into that space, visualize, you know, maybe a, 
a kind of golden light expanding across the forehead and then bringing your awareness down to your brow and humming into that space. You know, th- I, you know, this is really great if you've got a bit of time. Mm. Um, bringing your awareness to your throat and then humming into that space. Then you get to the chest and you start to hum along there in the, in the chest space. And then into the tummy, the solar plexus. So you're kind of working your way down. And maybe as you're doing it, you're kind of placing your hands on those areas so that you're connecting to the vibration physically as well. And that can sometimes help you bring you into your center. Humming is great because it's really good for anxiety. If, if you're suffering a lot from anxiety, it's such a useful uh, practice to bring you into a more relaxed state um, and help you feel more centered. Um, so yeah, I would, you know, something as simple as that. And if you don't have time to go through all the centers, um, you can just hum as you are. And maybe through humming, other sounds start wanting to kind of be explored. You know, it's it's like a really good doorway into voicing because you know humming is a great way to also warm up the vocal mechanism without putting too much so it's like ah yeah Mm. you just do it really gently feeling those vibrations allowing it to be almost like a sonic massage um you know bringing your awareness to different areas of your body maybe you know for some of those you know, some of you that might be watching, maybe you have physical pain in certain areas of your body and you you want to just imagine or visualize that vibration moving to that area of the body. You know, maybe you can locate, you know, before you start to hum, maybe just feel in, feel into that area of your body. Maybe see if it's located in a specific place, if it has a shape to it, maybe there's has a sound to it. Like when I was living in London, you know, and I was coming home and I just felt like I could hear this high frequency, you know, I couldn't hear it. It wasn't like tinnitus. It was just like, you know, I don't know how to, yeah, it wasn't like in my ear. I just felt like huge ringing. Um, uh, So you, you can, you know, tune into it, feel into that and then start to hum into that space. And like I said, do it for like minimum five minutes because it might take about five minutes just to drop into that space. You might, you know, your mind might be really active and your to-do list might be kind of coming up like, oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. You know, just stay with it until you kind of like get into a more relaxed state. So that's a really easy one. And, you know, for me, especially with my daughter, like... You know, I don't always have a moment to carve out half an hour, you know, so as I'm getting ready, you know, getting, having a shower, I'm humming in the shower, I'm humming with my toothbrush and (laughs) I've known it, I've already done 10 minutes or something. Yeah, actually, I think the bathroom is a great place to make sound. (laughs) Oh my God, it's my favourite. That was like, when I was travelling, that was always a thing I'd be looking out for is, you know, the toilet and if it had good <laughs> acoustics. And when I was like staying in hostels and stuff, I would like literally 
I think people would get so annoyed with me because I'd like hog the bathroom <laughs> with my guitar <laughs> going, because I just love the acoustics. It was just, you know, the bathroom is an awesome place to create sound. Yeah. You know, just the way the voice kind of resonates and can feel really spacey. And then that makes you feel really spacey as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if people want to connect with you, maybe just give us those details. If people wish to connect, they, you know, I've got my email address, uh, info at nessiegomezmusic.com. I've also got um, a Facebook group. It's a closed group called Vocal Odyssey, Meeting with the Spirit of Your Voice. And, you know, it's been, you know, it's a group of people that have done the work or they're wishing to do the work or they want to learn more about the work. And everybody kind of contributes to that space. So they bring their inspiration and share their art, you know, their own journey. Um, And this is also a good place and, you know, where I like to meet people and, yeah, so that's also an option as well. And Instagram, I'm on Instagram. So sometimes people can connect with me there. Nice. Yeah, I recommend your Facebook group. I've been in that for a while and there's always some great sharing going on in there. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, wow. Nessie, you've shared so deeply today. I just really want to thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Michelle, and it's really lovely to reconnect with you. Yeah, likewise. All right. Well, take care and uh, thanks again for coming on the Shanti Sound podcast. You've been listening to the Shanti Sound podcast. You can access all of the show notes at shantisound.com.au forward slash podcast. I would love you to subscribe, like, comment or leave a review wherever you're listening and connect with me on Instagram at Shanti underscore sound and Facebook at Shanti Sound Australia. The music and sounds featured in the intro and outro are excerpts from the Shanti Sound Soundbath CD recorded and produced by Michelle and James Byrne. You can download this and other music by Michelle and James Byrne at shantysound.com.au forward slash music. Remember, sound brings healing and presence. The truest and sweetest sound comes from within. So hum, sing and create sound whenever you can. Thanks for listening. I look forward to sharing with you again soon.